Hello everybody and welcome to another round of European Championship football using drinks with us, the Thinking Drinkers, and we are into the quarter-finals. So now. exciting. It is tres exciting and uh, we've got some fantastic encounters, as you'd expect. Yes. The whole tournament has just been wall-to-wall excitement for everyone. Yeah. And we've got some great drinks in this round. We've got Italy, and they're going to be facing the Belgians, which is Ooh. not only a great drinks matchup, but also a great actual football Yes, match-up. very much so. So that's a proper traditional one. And then we've got England. England. Facing Sweden. Sweden. Mm. Sweden. Sweden. Mm. And um, that actually happened in the latter yeah. stages of the last major tournament. It so did. And England won two 0 It was it was it was easy. If anything, easy indeed. Will it be today, Ben? Who knows? Because we just we haven't decided who's gone through already. We haven't got a spreadsheet with the final and the winner no. at all. No so way. This is all it's quite, happening quite, live. We're all on the edge of our seats. Yes, we really are. So I think we shall start with Italy versus Belgian. Okay. Bel- the Belgians. And do you want to go first? You've got a Belgian beer, yep. which I have not been sent. And I'll be honest with you, Ben. It's That's a bad, bad start, start for the Belgians. <laughs> um, right. I haven't opened it. I've got... This is a great beer. Weirdly, the label um, is the same colour as my uh, very cool T-shirt, which I'm sure everyone's mm. very... Turquoise. Taras Bulbas. Um, now, this is from a brewery. Let's just get a... Oh! Whoa! It went off in your face. Oh! <laughs> Well-controlled, expert yeah. mouth work there, Ben. Absolutely. You, you, if there's, you were right there's some, on that. <laughs> if there's some head action, I'm, I'm always there. If something's um, frothing, you're Exactly. <laughs> so that's the label. It's called Taras Bulba. Okay. And um, I don't know. There we go. Look at that Brussels party. What just a bell end. At the time what? of recording, some, some Brexit updates for everyone. And yeah. Just what we need in the middle of a pandemic and some updates on what's going on with Brexit. And there, there's class clown, bell end, major bell end. And I don't mind where you stand on Brexit. It's not a political podcast, but he is a, bell. a bell end. <laughs> massive, massive bell end. Mm. However, uh, so Brussels, a bit like London, used to be have hundreds of breweries. It was a really good brewing town. Um, but up until about 10 years ago, there weren't that many. There was just a couple there, but most of, most of the beer was being made outside Brussels. But Brasserie de la Seine is like a, the first kind of craft brewery in Brussels to really, um, to really sort of stand out. Um, they're wonderful guys. I've been there. I've written about it in this. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Tom. Uh, but there's this beautiful little book I wrote, uh, all called all about beer, and there's a double page spread. Oh, oh yeah, I don't. I, it's funny because it's not, it's not in, the, it's not in this one, which is, uh, this no. is a really great book so that's, as well. Hang on, hang on, does that? Can anyone see that? No, you can't. Oh, that's it, Brasserie de la Seine. Uh, all the information it, yeah. there. Yeah. Anyway, they made some. They were they were disillusioned with Belgians, sort of quite strong and quite sweet beers. They like the traditional Belgian brewers, but they think there's more to Belgian beer than that. So they have uh, been influenced by outside uh, beer cultures, foreign beer cultures. Uh, and this is a their version. This is inspired by Harvey's in Sussex. 
Now it's beautifully, it's dry hopped, it's very herbal, mm. it's quite cloudy. It's almost like a, a, a mix between a Cascale and a Saison. And it is okay. beautiful. Four and I like a, a Saison. I like the sort of newer Saisons though, the ones mm. that are not quite so, they, they're quite plain in comparison to some of the funkier this, Saisons. This is, is quite, quite a, a bit dry of funk in there. Okay. But Brasserie de la Seine makes some amazing beers. Um, and they've got this place out, outside in Molenbeek, which is a uh, sort of on the outskirts of Brussels. Um, check out all their beers. Zinnabir is something you can get all over Brussels. But Taras Bulba uh, is some kind of slang. I don't there's You see what they have really funky mm. sort of cartoony labels, not for children. Mm. Um, and apparently the story is about this uh, Dutch, this French-speaking... Uh, no, Dutch-speaking fella marries a, a girl from Wallonia, which is a southern, more rustic kind of village idiot region of Belgium. And the dad, his dad's not very happy about Wait. it. And then Wait, throws so we the ourselves with, the, with that part. Of, part of <laughs> well, no, though. you know they're, they're kind <laughs> of they they well, you know the Belgians. The changing room is often divided into two mm. uh, between the Wallonians Flemish and the Flemish, and, and mm. Wallonia is beautiful. Beautifully, if you're going to go on holiday anywhere in, in Belgium, go to Wallonia. Um, but there's probably more breweries in Flanders, anyway. I mean, there's so much more I could tell you about Belgium. So, that is a wonderful beer, it's really yeah. well balanced. It's 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 got a beautiful tender bitterness to it, it's got lemons in there, it's really well made. It's mm. I cannot tell you how much I like this beer. Okay, well, I've been champing here for did. ages. You just and, uh, did, and, and it's proof I'm that the convinced. Belgians, not all Belgian beers, are going to knock your socks off, and, uh, and 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 they're not all kind of strong and sweet and sickly. So, okay, this is a Belgian beer that I highly recommend, and all their beers okay. are wonderful. Uh, for anyone who's listening, not watching, uh, the picture behind me is of Nigel Farage wearing a Belgian yeah. hat. And all I'd say in response to your beer is, back off. Brussels. Back off Brussels, really? That's the kind yeah. of thing that, that Belend would say. Yeah, maybe. That's the Belend of which we talk. There he is again for the viewers. What a knob. Um, <laughs> well, they're coming up against the Italians. And uh, I'm going to... Who have you got for your Italians? Right back. Or playback. You say I ties? Is that racist? Dad? Oh, you got is that Scalacci behind? Yeah, because it's a 40th anniversary of Italian nineties. The 30th, oh, 30th this, anniversary. What am I talking this about? This comes yeah. after the weekend of Jack Charlton sadly passing as well, who was yep. an icon of that tournament. What? But Scalacci, Scalacci. Uh, uh, if you start, if you look at him, it looks like maybe he was on drugs. Potentially, that's that an interesting thing to put out there on a broadcast. Yeah, I imagine whoever thinks to say about it. it, it's probably because the picture no, makes I mean, it look a bit like Maradona. When, when I Maradona say drugs, yes, and when I say drugs, what I mean is like uh, vitamins. Yeah, good, well saved. <laughs> Should their lawyers be coming after us? Yeah, that's what you meant. Uh, well. Good, good. He's a good. He's a footballing icon, and uh, this is an icon of the drinks world. It's called the Negroni cocktail. Picture behind me, and we've talked a lot about the Negroni, haven't we, Ben? In our yeah, podcast, just, sorry, I'm just getting a bottle. There it is. There it is. Entirely devoted to it. So, if you really are keen to enjoy the the story of the Negroni, 
I would check that out because we go into some detail on it. Check out our podcast. The links will be below. Mm-hmm. Uh, the origins, just briefly though, are in the Milano Torino. Milano Torino. Originally a drink served up with equal parts Campari, Campari, which is one of the essential ingredients in the Negroni, but it included Campari from Milan and vermouth or Amaro from Turin. So equal parts in one glass, a bit of ice, and that was the Milano Torino drink. And that was in the 1800s, mid to late. Uh, Gasparo, Campari, and uh, Cafe Milan. They started serving that up. Then the Americans came over and were like, hey, hey guys, I don't like Did this. Did I, mate? Probably the accent. <laughs> I don't like this trick, you guys. So they put uh, soda water in it and uh, to, to make it easier for them to drink. And that became the Americano. And then an Italian came back from his travels and tasted this and said, hey, what's the matter you, eh? Uh, why uh, you look so sad? Yeah, I want uh, some more booze in here. So they put, instead of soda water, gin in. So then you had Campari, Vermouth and gin, which, as it sounds, is a strong, strong, yes. strong drink. It's uh, enjoyed a lot of uh, a lot of affection in recent years. We've been very surprised. We tend to think that it takes ten or twelve goes to drink a Negroni and get past the bitterness, but people don't seem to agree. They're loving it. Um, Stanley Tucci made one on social media during lockdown. You might have seen him do that. He made his straight up. That means in a cocktail glass. We would That's suggest you make it. Yeah, we on the rocks. I prepared some ice earlier to make my very own Negroni. As you can see, you've drunk it. My ice is melted, so I can't make a Negroni. Well, I've got this, Tom. I've got this because I cheated and Campari, and I don't shout about it that much, um, but they have a ready-made bottled Negroni, which is a very good substitute. I think so. If you haven't got time, um, and I would heartily recommend that. It's very nice. Yeah. Well, Campari kindly sent us their Campari, which is essential, um, you can use a vermouth, but Campari owns, uh, also owns the Cinzano vermouth brand, and that is a 1757, which is like the, the luxury end. So I would use that because that's Italian. It's getting Italian vermouth. Oh, yeah. Genuine Italian. Gruppo Campari also sends Bulldog, Bulldog Gin, which is a, British. English, a British gin. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're trying to, trying to get us on side with a bit of British as well. Uh, good gin, though. Good gin, strong gin, robust gin, and that's what you need in a granny. You need a, a robust gin like that that really has plenty of punch so that you can actually taste the ginny notes going through it. Okay, now so, I like a Negroni. I like a Negroni as much as the next man, as long as the next man really likes Negronis. Well, Count uh, Negroni, can I just as an aside, because I found this mm-hmm. picture of a rodeo clown. Because Count Negroni apparently came back from America and invented this drink. It's all a bit dubious. After being a rodeo clown in America. And what does the clown bit, bit mean? I know what rodeo... Well, well, apparently, originally, like in the 1900s, early 1900s, they had these clowns that came on in these rodeos to entertain people. And then they introduced a very aggressive, in the 1920s, a very aggressive bull called a Brahma bull. And it was so aggressive that the clowns who were there to make everyone laugh, kids and, and that, mm. uh, they became bullfighters. So they had to distract the bull from hurting, hurting the cowboys, which is an extraordinary job. And That sounds dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Eventually they started wearing barrels for protection. 
which might be where a barrel of laughs comes from, Ben. Do you think? It could be. Let's say it is. is. Let's say it is. is. Uh, But this is what Negroni did. So I just want to say extra points, maybe, for inventing Mm -hmm. a cocktail, this Italian, and having a go at this carry-on. Does that that see it over the line for you at all, or...? Now, I'm, as I've said before, I'm very big, I'm very, very fond of the Taras Bulba. Mm. But the Negroni is a wonderful drink. And if, our, if the aim of this game, amongst other things, apart from uncut, acute entertainment, if the aim of what we're trying to do here is to broaden people's booze horizons, the Negroni needs to be a big part of that I think I think because so. in a groanie once you once you get over the that initial stage where you think this is crazy I shouldn't like this once you get past that it really is an alcoholic epiphany and the terrace ball was very nice it's a very good beer but I think this is where Belgium bow out and we bid them a fun farewell. Au revoir and whatever Au revoir. the Flemish version of that is. Au revoir. See you later. For a language, isn't it? It's just stupid. Okay, bye bye yeah. Belgium. Bye bye. Bye bye uh, Belgium. Uh, did very well. But check out okay. this. Right, so Negronis are into earlier. Uh, the Italians, freed yeah. from their mother's apron strings, have made it into the semis. So who's going to join them out of the England? England! And, um, Sweden. Sweden. Okay. I'm going. Well, I'm going England first. Okay, let's do it. I've, I've got, got this guy. Who's that? This is Midas, uh, King oh, right. Midas, the Midas touch. And why is he? <laughs> yeah. Do you know that's anything that's his more girlfriend. About... He's turned it. He's turned it to gold. Gold finger. Such uh, a cold finger. Yeah, as, a, as um, that song goes, Midas um, liked liked a certain drink. Ben, uh, yep, he liked mead. Mead. That's what we're trying. That's why I've got an English beer. I typed English beer into Google. That came up. So that is an English beer. The best type of beer, obviously. Now behave. Um, <laughs> but I've heard there's a real buzz around this. You, ben, there is Tom. Um, uh well, it's a very old drink, possibly the oldest drink in the world. If you take honey from a hive early in the season, there's Which water in there. Do. You'll get water in there. And this honey will naturally ferment. And they reckon that's where mead came from. So it naturally fermenting alcoholic drink dating back 12,000 years. Five like to 5,000 A, B, C, D. I don't know. It was a long, long time ago. And apparently first reason we domesticated bees is to make honey to sweeten booze um, and to make mead. And mead crops up all over the shop historically. Mesopotamia, there was a honey-based alcohol. The Greeks and the Romans, they drank, uh, they, they sweetened their booze with honey. Um, and we were in Beowulf, Be- mm. uh, the oldest poem in the English language. That was set in a mead hall. And basically, everyone gets fucked up on mead until the monster arrives. <laughs> Don't want to drop any spoilers here, but that <laughs> is... asshole. I was really getting into it. <laughs> no. 
So um, that's so Mead's got a big history, um, but obviously in the ten, it went out, it started going out of fashion. It was big, big booze until the 11th century in 1066. The Normans came in. Hello, the Normans arrived. I'm a Norman. Hello. They brought in cider, perry, wines, and they marginalised uh, mead and made luck. it. And they made it, made it a drink for uh, yeah, for again for big idiots really. And then yeah. hops arrived in the 15th century, made beer easy to preserve. And then mead sort of went out of fashion. But now hipsters in America, as they do, have brought it back. And there are 400 meaderies in America, and that mm. trend has sort of rippled across the pond. And now we have some mead producers here. There's a couple in Wales, I think. Uh, but the one we're trying is from Peckham. Gosnells. Gosnells. Um, of London. London. Of London town. Yes. Um, and now I they, have, I they, have the uh, Citrus Sea, Ben, which is... Um, right. That's Citrus, one of my favourite hops. Number two. Okay. So my, this has got a rich blend of honey, lemon, tarragon and hops. Okay. With a tantalising salty finish. Oh, we all know about that. We all know about don't we? <laughs> How about that, ladies? Um, so, wait a minute. I've got a different one. I've got hop. It's just called hot. Now, traditionally, mead would have been a lot stronger than this, but these are all around a 4% mark, and they're designed to be uh, um, drunk as a sort of a, session, a sessionable drink rather than something you drink to forget the fact that you live thousands of years ago where life was really, really tough. I have to say, Ben, that is one of the most interesting things I've had in my mouth. Mm. And that's There's... coming from someone who's worked in theatre for 10 years. Yes. Um, that is, I mean, that is really interesting. It's really sweet at first, like the honey's there. Mm. And then you get the sort of sparkling dry effect of the hops. Yeah. It really has got a salty, and I can tell you a thing about salty finishes. It's got, a, mm. it has got a really savoury sort of finish to it. Yeah, it's, it's very nice, isn't it? Really interesting. Well, this hot one's gears. quite dry, and that, but you do get the honey coming through. This mm. is like a really good honey beer. You got um, hive, hiver rather. That's mm. a good honey beer, and it's a bit mm. similar to that, but it's got more. It's more like a honey wine. It's like a cocktail in a can, man. It is. It's got all the seasons in one day. Uh, that's amazing. Well done, Oh, that's good. I like it. I, oh. we've, we've reserved it. We've held this back um, for the latter stages of the tournament without tasting it. I hadn't gone near it because I was quite mm. interested to see what it was like on camera in, in the live yeah. environment. Um, and flip there it back. They've delivered. Back and of the net. Just, Honey, water, yeast, and thyme. Those are the ingredients. Not thyme as in the herb, as in... Just thyme. What is thyme, Tom? It's just a concept. It's a gauge. It's a concept. Unless you've got a watch. If you've got a watch, <laughs> then that helps. Um, um, King Midas, just behind me, uh, he was remembered. He was, he was a drinker of mead, so it does go right way back, and he touched yep. everything to gold. I think these guys have got the Midas touch. Well done, Tom. Unlike us, we... Have got the opposite of the Midas touch, you might say. <laughs> can we touch? I think we've got the dog <laughs> shit touch. <laughs> Everything we touch is dog shit. Uh, um, but did you know that um, the ancient Greeks thought bees were sent from the gods? They thought they were the messengers 
Oh, I didn't. And then uh, they stung them and they said, fuck off, please. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. I thought you were from the gods. <laughs> I mean, the ancient Greeks turned out a belly of idiots. There. Um, right, nonsense. so... Stuff of myth and legend. Actual myth. Uh, yeah. Right. I liked okay. it. I liked it. I liked it's it. Coming up, but I think the Swedes are coming up. They're coming up strong. Yeah. Coming up with this. Coming okay, up with this. Me, I've, gone for a, I've gone for a uh, sensible... Stop uh, it. <laughs> nice. I mean, there are boundaries. <laughs> They've come up with a... Uh, I've gone for a sensible picture here. You've gone back for your, your Swedish chef. Yeah, but this is a strong, strong entry from the Swedes. Yeah. And it's Macmyra whiskey. Mmm. And... Um, now, this was set up by uh, some dudes who were, in 1999... Mm. discussing the fact that this is in March 1999. It's quite interesting time frame here, talking of watches and time. Uh, in not, March 1999, they, yeah, they were chatting about time, how long it takes to do things. And they, uh, they wanted it. They said, why is there no whiskey, malt whiskey being made in Sweden? By uh, the December of 1999, they had a distillery up and they were distilling. By 2002, they aged... Was it flat-packed? Huh? Hey. Let's just cut it out. Yeah. Uh, but by 2002, they'd had to age the whiskey because whiskey needs time. It then. does. Um, and so by 2002, they'd aged and they'd released their MacMyra Elegant and MacMyra Smoke whiskies. And ever okay. since, they've been enjoying global uh, renown for their distilling exploits. They're oh. very... They're very, uh, as you'd expect from the Swedish, very careful about how they, they make the whiskey and their technology. The water is sourced from an underground spring fed by the Val Bolson mountain. Um, can't pronounce that. Um, but the, the Macmara we've got today, which is particularly interesting, is called Svensk Ek. Svensk Ek. Means yeah. Swedish oak. So they make mm-hmm. casks from Swedish oak, which are felled. Viking axes, I imagine, mm. on the island of Visingso. Visingso. If you say so, I think so. Visingso. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, and the whiskey is aged fifty meters underground in the Bodas mine. So, oh, really nice color to their to their production methods. Mm. Uh, they've got like a, an environmentally friendly distillery. They've tried, one of their big ambitions is to create one of the most climate smart uh, distillery production facilities. So mm. they are, they're all over the, the, uh, the, the, the green credentials and they're, they're making good, good whiskey. They, they make their own smoked malt. Uh, that's from peat uh, juniper twigs, uh, which they burn in a boiler room. And the peat comes from uh, Karin Mossen, uh, just outside Gar- Garvel. Garvel? I mean, Garvel. you could be saying anything here. Just, <laughs> These are all just words. Sounds like game some I'm not going to lie. They are they all written on a piece of paper in front of me. <laughs> I could have tried to pronounce some practice before I came on here. Um, but they're using, they're using their own uh, smoking malts. <clears throat> I like that. I like that. Uh, let's, so let's taste some of this. Mm. It's a good story. It's a strong start. And the whiskey smells. I've got to say, it's lovely. It smells a bit like um, a really nice 
after, like really expensive aftershave. Mm. I know that doesn't. I mean, we no one wants to drink aftershave. Not after no, the last time. I can time. smell. I can smell a really unusual oak note, which I don't have in my. No, but aftershave. yeah, but, but I know got, what you mean. There's something quite governor or something, isn't it? <laughs> no, Red you know, arc. if you if you spend <laughs> if you spend a lot of money on on aftershave, you get that kind of sandalwood note. It's got a sort of links Africa aroma yeah, about it. Yeah, it's got, yeah. no, it hasn't actually. No, it smells it's, like it's, it smells oaky, and it smells. And apparently, these Swedish trees they've used the oak they've have grown, been growing for centuries. I'm sure they're replanting trees all around them as they as they fell anything that they vanilla. Used I'm getting vanilla. Hmm. Okay, a bit of vanilla. I wasn't getting so much of the vanilla on there. Um, I'm getting a sort of more mm. I don't know spicy note. It's almost like a, a gingery smoke uh it's very not like um it's not like a, a peaty smoke it's more like a sort of burnt toast sort of smoke um which mm. i infrequently suffer in my house because um if i put my toast on instantly one of my children will say i need a poo and mm. then i find that i'm wiping someone's bottom while my toast is burning Do you so know that's the other know thing that is um, well. well another thing's annoying me about toast is uh, my mum often freezes her bread. And if you ever try to toast frozen bread, it'll be frozen, 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 perfect for about a millisecond, burnt. It doesn't take that long to defrost bread. No. So I, I do actually leave it out for about 20 minutes. I never minutes. defrost bread. I never yeah, freeze bread. You, I don't understand the point of it. You do need to stick it on a defrosting setting in the toaster first. Do you not have one of those? Because then if you no, do that, it just kind no. of defrosts it and then you can toast it. Mm. That's okay. what that setting's for. It's called I don't defrosting. have that. I don't have that. Okay. Yeah. It's for defrosting things. Um, I'm getting some fruit in there, some toasty notes. Um, sandalwood is sometimes used in the whiskey tasting arena. I've said sandalwood mm. earlier. Did you say sandalwood? Sorry. Yeah, I didn't that's where that. the aftershave thing comes from. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. You gotcha. Know. I'm there now. I'm with you. I can smell you. Yeah. I can smell your musk. Uh, do you get any ginger? I get dried ginger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of biscuits and bonfire. Oh. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm not going into this. I do get a bit of honey on the palate as well, which is interesting having just had the... Uh, yeah, the mead. They get everywhere, bees. <sighs> right, uh, okay. Well, I think we could just carry on just saying no smells. What do you think? I want Sweden to go through, despite my, what? my English heritage. But I suspect... No, I, can't, I, can't, I, cannot, I cannot get beyond the... The wow factor. This is really nice. Because that isn't something Both of them are. We've tasted two different versions. They're both nice. And they're very drinkable. So I Um, think, I think, I'm afraid, I think the Peckham-based Gosnell's mead knocks out Sweden in on penalties, definitely. um, Yeah, I, I think I agree. And I would say, get some of this. Yeah, um, I love it Sweden. Amazing, I love their fans. But I mean, but but also, let's just remember that this tournament is probably rigged, maybe, yeah. and England do need to win. So this go, this will go it's through anyway reason. in merit on merit. But 
Well done, England. England are into well the semis. Whoop, whoop. Brilliant. Well done, someone else. Educational, informative, and, and so irreverent. Um, it's the irreverence that keeps me going, and I'm sure yeah. keeps the tens of people coming back to watch our videos. Um, yes. Please do tell everyone about our videos, but also our podcast. And do listen to that podcast about the Negroni if you want yeah. to learn more about it, because we talk about the recipe and how to make one, yes. uh, which is good bit of information that doesn't include us talking about cocks and and things wiping bums so yes. um, good yeah. well done uh i think football was the winner bye bye